Hey Alexa, what's the definition of hustle? To be aggressive, especially in business or other financial dealings. You're listening to the H for Hustle podcast, designed to inspire future entrepreneurs to take the leap from working for someone else to pursue their passions and side hustles and turning them into full-fledged businesses. My name is Jerome Fenton. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Every week, I'll be speaking with an entrepreneur that has taken that leap. We'll be talking about the lessons they've learned and how they've turned their passions and side hustles into full-fledged businesses. H for Hustle Podcast, welcome back. Another illustrious episode up ahead. Now, so today we have Kathy Nisbeth. Um, and one of the reasons why I want to have Kathy on this podcast is because her business isn't like the regular, I'm going to start an e-store, a moving company. It's a little bit out there. It's not something that a lot of people know or know about and she's found a way to like build a business and sustain herself and give herself the lifestyle that she wants um with this business and it's one of those businesses that most people won't think about and one of the reasons i want to start this podcast is because of that one reason i wanted to show people that you can there are people out there that are doing that you can take something from left field and make a life for yourself um from it and kathy's story is you know one of those who worked the corporate for 20 years and still wasn't fulfilled and she went and found something that was for her and she built on top of that so um let's get into the episode boom 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 h for hustle podcast welcome back we have another great guest here today we have kathy nesbeth from kathy's compost kathy welcome to the show thank you so much yeah i'm excited jerome <laughs> All right, so Kathy, um, you know, I, you have a very interesting business, and I don't want to be the one to like ruin how I explain it. So, if I was, you know, if someone was to meet you and say, "What do you do for a living?" What would you say you do for a living? Oh, that's a great start. I would say my working title is Kathy Crawley Laughing Bean Queen, <laughs> which gets people's attention, right? They're like, "What?" Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and then, and then I, and then I say. Um, the crawly is worms. So I have like simple solutions for today's challenges. Worms mm-hmm. for amending the soil. So that's the crawly part. Yeah. Laughing. I do, I'm a laughter yoga teacher. So that's the laughing part. And bean queen. It has actually a dual purpose for my title. Um, I, <laughs> I'm a, I have a, spray, a sprout growing business. Uh, so I sell sprouters and, and certified organic beans. And I also have a coffee, uh, healthy gourmet coffee so the bean could fit there too <laughs> wow so it's a it's a lot there so let's go all the way back before, before we get into worms and composting and laughter yoga um which is all super interesting because i've never had anyone with all of those like skill sets on the show um let's go all the way back what were you doing before all of this kind of started like what's your background Ah, before I start living, started living my life. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, instead of living the life that I was told that I was supposed to live. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, about twenty years. No, it was twenty years. <laughs> Not about. It was twenty years. I was Got counting. <laughs> I worked as a. <laughs> I worked as a secretary. I grew up at a time when girls were told um, there was kind of five options that you could do as a as a work. So you could be a waitress, stewardess. Mm-hmm. Flight um, uh, nurse, teacher, 
or secretary. I thought it was a pretty random list, but I was like, okay, so of that list, I'm going to be a secretary. I took all the secretarial courses and for 20 years I was a secretary and I didn't even know there's no entrepreneurs in my, in my family. Um, I didn't have any mentors that were, had their own business. So everyone just told the line, like, that's what we did. Like get a job, work hard, you know, in 30 years, you'll get a watch. Why do you need a watch when you retire? I don't know. Anyway, I never, (laughs) (laughs) I never understood the whole thing, but I didn't know any different. So I, so I went along, you know, I actually was a great secretary. I was really, really good at it because I think you can learn anything. Mm -hmm. I had a great, I had a great work ethic and I really would encourage people, um, like whoever's listening and if you're just thinking about being an entrepreneur or you're already in it wherever you are in your journey um you have to work hard like just decide that you're gonna you know work hard and and do what you're gonna do but if you're gonna work hard why not work hard for yourself yeah 100 percent. i believe that 100 percent so when you were a secretary did you work for like a big fortune 500 company or was it a bunch of like smaller mid-tier companies like what were you being a secretary uh, so I so I yes thank you I had a uh, I worked for a bunch of kind of known companies smaller um, known companies okay. and then and then for the last 10 years I was a, a temporary secretary working for an agency you know where gotcha. you would cover uh, vacations and sick days and mat leave and that kind of thing was that because you were just looking for variety or you just were tired of being in one specific location <laughs> Kind of both. Um, and, and the pay was really well, really good at that time. This was in the, I would say, in the late 80s. Okay. Uh, the, the pay was really good uh, for temporary workers. I don't know why. It's different now. Um, it, it kind of went down. But you got benefits and vacation pay and everything. So for me, it was great experience. I really liked, I probably really enjoyed the variety. I kind of, um, I, I was, like I said, I was a great secretary, very adaptable. I could do mm-hmm. all the jobs. Um, yeah, so, so f- yeah, it was a combination of, of the two. And I, and I really liked traveling. So I would kind of squirrel away my money and okay. then travel for a month or two, like in Europe or whatever. Got you. Okay, so it gave you the flexibility to kind of do that. Okay, got it. So were you ever in your mind, like you said, you didn't grow up with entrepreneurs or have any of that around you. Were you ever in your mind sitting and being a secretary for someone else's business and thinking one day, like maybe I want to do my own thing? Or you were just like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'll just do this and kind of go. 20 years. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you just no, worked got it apparently not no i didn't even know you know i didn't even know that my skills were transferable i mean i would say that was a failing of the system really so you yeah. never knew like you could take what you're doing now and turn it into something else i, I didn't know that all these skills that i did had as a secretary at customer service marketing i mean i did everything i was the yeah. president secretary of a large watch company mm. um you know an international company um I was the gatekeeper. I mean, yeah. I had all those skills, public speaking. I had to go and, you know, Present make yourself. a story about the president, why he couldn't come to the phone. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I mean, I had all those, but I didn't even know. I mean, a job would come up in another department, a higher paying job, a bet, you know, more prestigious. And I would, people would say, oh, you should apply for that. And I'd say, oh, I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know that job. Yeah, you only knew a secretary and that was it. So I knew 
so weird. Yeah, I know. But again, you're also thinking, like you said, you come from a very specific time where that was the thing you did. You worked 20 years, you got your watch, and then you, you, you retired and died, right? Like that was like the thing that you're supposed to do. So at yep. what point during your 20 years does the entrepreneur bug even like pop up or that seed gets planted in your head? When did that, is that after you retire out or... No, well, I never, I didn't retire. No, I was, um, what, uh, what, what did happen? I was getting my psych degree okay. and then I got a job at a group home. So I changed from secretarial to working with challenged adults Okay. Uh, at, a, at a group home. And it was magnificent. I really thought, oh my gosh, this is what I was all about. Why did I work in an office all those years? You <laughs> know, wasted the, my the, time. The, the, the chat. The challenge with with uh, working nine to five is they pay you enough so that you kind of get the golden handcuffs. They pay you enough so you have a lifestyle. Yeah. They give you benefits. You have a pension. You get two weeks off. Yippee! <laughs> <laughs> right, it, but yeah. but they keep you there. That it's like, and then once you get three weeks or four weeks, say you've been there for you know a few years. If you get six weeks holidays, how are you ever going to change jobs and go back to two weeks now? Yeah, exactly. And then right? they, they bumped your pay up enough for your lifestyle to get a little bit better, but not great, but just a little bit better. Got right. It. So, so I, I really think the system is flawed, Jerome. I think that we're not taught. Like now it's different. I think there's a lot more information. If people want to be entrepreneurs, I would say, um, you know, just do some research. What do you want to do? Yeah. You know, um, for me, how, what was the leak? You know, just so I got the job at the group home and what happened there? Really funny how seeds do get planted. Yeah. When I, when I bought my house, I moved out of Toronto. I was from large Toronto. And then I moved to a smaller town out of the city because that's where I could afford. So um, what happened? Oh, gosh, that was 93. A, a teacher friend asked me to look after her worm bin. And I, did, I was afraid of worms. I didn't want worms in my house. But I knew, as an avid gardener, I knew the value of the compost. Uh -huh. Okay, so I said, okay. And I think we should take on challenges. We should do things for ourselves. You know, people will say, oh, you won't like that. Oh, thanks for saving me the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, hold on a second. A worm bin. What is a worm bin to, to, for people who won't know what that is? So, somebody says, oh. hey, can you watch my worm bin? Is it like pet sitting or dog sitting? Like, how <laughs> is <Yes>. it like... <laughs> Kind of is. So, uh, so what I do my my crawly business is worm composting. Okay. Um, it's Kathy's crawly composters, and it's indoor composting with worms. Okay. So, um, it's just like regular composting done outside. You know, okay. with your with your leaves and your food scraps or your yard waste, and, uh -huh. and then eventually it turns into humus or that you can put in your garden. Got this it. is the same idea, except it's done inside with with worms. Got it. In, so your friends, your. Your friend says, here, watch my compost for me for a couple of weeks, a month. How long? Two months. She was a teacher. She was going away for the summer. Got it. So two months, you're just throwing trash inside of the compost. The worms are eating it up. And they're and, in my basement. And they're in your basement. So you don't do anything but just put garbage in there and leave. Right. Got it. And it was horrible because so, I would just throw the scraps in. And so I was a fruit fly farmer. It was just like, it was really gross. And I was <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> I said, I'm never doing this again. Got it. So with, with that experience, you then say that seeds planted now at the two months, she comes back, you give her back her compost and then you go on with your life. What, what plants in your head? To so say that was that? 93. Okay. I was in 93. Okay. I said, I'm never doing it. If I want to, if I want the compost next time, I'm just going to buy worm compost. I'll just okay. buy it. Okay. Yeah. 
But you need to have worm farmers, right? If you want worm compost, you need worm farmers. Yeah. Have you ever met one? No, I don't even know that okay. existed. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that common. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay. So that's fine. Then I get this job at the group home and they don't, they, they have 10 homes and a farm and they don't compost. And I'm like, what, what? So I approached them. I said, why don't you compost? You know, all these all these homes and they had a vocational program. The folks would come there to work. Mm -hmm. They had a greenhouse house. Anyway, they said, Oh, we don't need the fertilizer because we have the cows. So they were getting cow manure. So they had the fertilizer for the garden. So I guess the entrepreneur in me, I didn't know said, well, okay. If you, if you don't need the fertilizer, you could always sell it. Like you could always just sell it. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so then the, the greenhouse manager said, well, why don't we uh, do worm composting? And then I was like, oh, no, not the worms again. Right? It didn't work back in 93. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm never doing that again. Yeah. Oh, no, here they are again. Here are the worms again. And yeah. So what did you do then? So uh, then I was like, oh, I got that feeling. No, not the worms. But I was like, oh, it's an institution. They're not getting worms tomorrow. Yeah. They're going to have meetings. And, you know, it's going to be like six months from now they're going to talk about it. Yeah. Put it, set it up in the budget. Anyway, so I was like, okay, let me do some research. So I took to Google and I started researching uh, vermicomposting. I had a massive shift. I was like, oh, these worms are amazing. You know, red wiggler worms, they eat half their weight per day. They turn garbage, like all our organic matter, paper waste and food scraps into, they eat it, turn their, their poo or their compost is nature's finest fertilizer it's plant food wow right it returns the nutrients back to the soil oh my gosh massive shift i was like so i heard that the average so i heard that um a pound of worms and their descendants could transform a ton of organic waste in a year and i heard that the average canadian slash probably american family produces a ton of organic waste in a year so i thought Every family needs a pound of worms. And I'm just the one to put a pound of worms in every house. So, right? so, yeah. so you hear that, you do your research, and then you're like, okay, a pound of worms. Uh, if I get a pound of worms, this thing can go off. So do you get the pound of worms for that institution you're working for? So here's what happened. So that's I'm researching. I'm all fired up. Wow, these worms are cool. I tried to buy worms. It was yeah. August. I couldn't buy worms. I couldn't Why? find any worms. So I was like, that's interesting. You can't get rig wigglers in Canada year round. Hmm. Huh. Right? Second seed. Yeah. <laughs> right? Huh, interesting. And then, so all that time, I was bringing the compost home from my work because I'm an avid composter. I'm a, I, I would say I'm a rabid environmentalist. Okay. And I, I just divert things and I save things and... I'm probably ridiculous anyway, <laughs> but it's for the good of the planet, even okay. my little piece. I don't know. I'm doing what I can. Yeah. Okay. So I was bringing home all my scraps. Now it was time for my composter to be emptied. And oh my gosh, like I would bring home 30 pounds of food waste every, every shift. Oh, wow. Wow. From one house. Yeah. That was just the house that I worked at. Wow. And there's oh. 10 houses on the facility. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so, um, and I would just toss it in. I really wasn't doing anything with it because I didn't have time. I was working pretty hard at the group home. I I mean, I love that work. Okay, so I'm emptying my composter. And, okay, before emptying my composter, I actually had a vision. I had, I don't know, a daydream. I don't know what happened, but I woke up. I I had a dream that I was harvesting worms without gloves. Hmm. And it was like, oh, 
that, that's weird. I woke up and I was like, I, I don't know what that dream was. Weird. Okay. And then I go to empty my composter and there's red wiggler worms in my backyard composter drawer. I couldn't where buy they, them. Where did they come from? They came from all the food that I put there. I have no idea. Oh. I put them there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I was like, oh, and I had that dreams and I had an empty container. I was like, oh my, I grabbed those worms. They were the seed stock of my business. They were the really? first worms of my business. Really? So then, <laughs> so you get red, you get red, red wiggler worms out of nowhere and they show up. And then how does that start your business now? Okay, so so there they are. I have a, a thing because I'm because I'm like, let me go, let me try this again. I'm still at the group home. Mm-hmm. Then I get injured. I got injured at work. I didn't have a safety neck. I was I was a freelance behavior management specialist. Okay, sounds impressive, right? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't fit on a business card. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, so when I got injured, I was stressed. It was it was hard going in into work because. Yeah. You know, I felt ineffective. Yeah. I came home from work. There was an ad in the paper and it said, are you a woman? Do you have a business idea? Yes, yes. Um, it, was a, it was a six-month course to write a business plan. Okay. I, I turned to my husband. I said, I'm quitting my job. I'm taking this course. I'm starting a worm business. Won't this be fun? I know he must have. <laughs> he must have looked at you like worms. What? Are you crazy? <laughs> he knows me, Jerome. He said yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so you take this course now. What do you learn in this course? I okay. So I took the course, wrote a business plan. That was 2002. Started my business, and believe it or not, 2002 there was a garbage strike in Toronto. Okay. So in in the summer, so we have a similar climate. In the summer, it's really hot. Uh, yeah. Hot and humid, stinky and smelly when you have a garbage strike. Yeah. So we have a garbage strike, and I was like, people were lining up for like two or three hours to drop their garbage at the landfill because they didn't want it piling up anymore at home. Yeah. And I was like, those people don't compost because if you compost, you take the stink out of the garbage. Oh. The strike could be forever. You don't care. You don't have any stinky garbage at home. You're composting. Gotcha. Yeah, you just throw it in your <laughs> composter and the worms take care of it. Right. Got it. So I decided to go on a road trip. Now, I don't know. Early on, I, I chose media as my marketing strategy. So I sent out, probably I learned that in the business course. Okay. Uh, so I, I sent out press releases to the Toronto outlets mm-hmm. uh, that I was coming to town. And five minutes after sending my press release, a reporter from the Toronto Star Phone, uh, phoned me and said, thank you for your press release. Um, I did an article on composting last week, but forgot about the apartment dwellers. This is indoor composting. He said, after you go, go to the tr- uh, transfer station, can you come to the star? I'd like to interview. Wow. Five wow. minutes just like that. It, it just seems like you had like perfect timing with a lot of this stuff. Like it just seemed like your timing was impeccable. Overnight success. Yeah. 20 years. <laughs> 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 All right, so the star calls you, you get a write-up, and what happens after that write-up happens? You're not going to believe it. So July 18th, oh, it was my anniversary recently, or it's coming, yeah. oh, it just was. Yeah, so July was. 18th, 2002, I get my first article in the Toronto Star. Okay. I phone up my husband, yippee, I got, my art- I got an article in the Toronto Star. That's my market, right? I live yeah. in a small town. We don't have apartments, right? So um, he said to me, oh, he's... He said, I'm, I'm on my way home. I just got downsized. He got downsized the same day I had my article in the oh, star. And now, wow. oh my gosh, I was like, like this entrepreneur thing. If your listeners or your watchers, 
really, if you're thinking about this, be ready for the ride of your life. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> I like grab hold because you don't know what it's like. A, Ooh, you, you yeah. mean I got an article in the store and then the next phone call. Holy no, holy yeah. shit. What? No, <laughs> We're out of work. What do you mean? Yeah, out of work. <laughs> I'm just getting, I got a fledgling business. here. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, wow. We sell worms by the pound. How can this be? Yeah. So 18 years later, stay, stay with it, folks. If you believe you can have it. Got it. Wow. So you, <laughs> you, you get this, you get this good news and bad news, literally minutes away from each other. Uh, what happens next? You know, what did I do? Well, I stayed in it. So my husband said, uh, well, okay. He always wanted to have his own business too. Okay. So he decided that he was going to start a web design business. So this All is right. 2002. It's still early days for, um, internet. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, they were teaching web design in high school. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of competition. He had lots of competition. I have none. I'm very outgoing. So I was doing a lot of networking. Here's another yeah. nugget for those that are watching that are just starting or wanting to start, start networking. Yeah. Um, just start me. And it's harder now with COVID, but you know, there's zoom things. There's all kinds of ways to keep connected. Yeah. Uh, you got to meet people because not everybody you meet is you don't you're not selling to everybody you meet yeah you just want to connect with people and who do they know and everybody knows somebody that needs what you have yeah um one of um was a guy that i always bring up this quote from marco salazar he says your next opportunity is connected to another person and it's always true and it doesn't mean that it's that specific person you speak to but it maybe two three people removed that the story might get to and you know you might have made an impact on one person and they could have said hey you know that you want to compost? I know somebody. And then boom, there you go. A sale just happens just like that. That's right. Got you. So you started that, networking. That's, go ahead, that's go ahead. why I do these kind of things. That's why I chose media because worms are, is it's a kind of a, a, a funny topic. It's a yeah. funny business and not for everybody. Yeah. But now that you've met me, if anybody ever asks about worms, you'll know where to send them. Exactly, because I don't know anyone else <laughs> in the worm business. <laughs> Got it. So you don't have any competition. You just started. You're kind of going, you're networking, and you're just kind of growing and growing and growing. So exactly what are you selling? Are you selling just worms in the bag? So if I was to order back in 2002, what am I getting? Am I getting just a bag of worms in like a, a bucket? Like what, what would I be getting? So uh, back in 2002, uh, we were selling worms by the pound or half pound Okay. Uh, for the do-it-yourselfers. So you could get your own like Rubbermaid container, set up your bedding. It's really just shredded paper, soil, eggshells, and water. That's your bedding. Got to. Yeah. So you, you mix just... that up and then you add your food scraps in. So, so yes, for the do-it-yourselfers, they would just order worms. We did have a kit, so you could get the whole kit and okay. it came with instructions and whatnot. Got it. So the strike is happening. You get this press. Do you get a bump in sales with the press that comes out or is it just goes flat? What happens? Uh, you know, it gave me it, it, it gave me a rush of um, I, I did get, you know, some some feedback from that. I didn't okay. get necessarily get direct sales. Okay. Again, selling worms is not something that everybody needs. You kind of got to worm up to the idea. <laughs> uh, I, what happened? You know, again, I would say I, I chose to do this business full time. I was like, I don't want to do this gig part time. I, mm -hmm. I want to be full in. I want to focus on this. Okay. So when you focus, things happen. And but that's not to say that um, 
you know, there was my husband doing the web business. Yeah. He's an introvert. He doesn't like networking. So I would be at networking events and say, hey, you know, I do words, da, 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 my pitch. And then I would say, do you need a website? Oh, let me take your card. My husband's a website yeah. editor, you know, promoting for both of us. And that was five years. So I was getting some stuff for him. And, you know, we're kind of just cobbling our way along. That's that's what you do at the beginning. Folks. Yeah, a lot you of know, the time, too. You know, you do what you can and stick with it. It's the universe asking you, are you sure? Are you sure? Like, mm-hmm. are you sure? Because you could get a job. And there's lots of times where I was like, where's my resume? Let me get my resume out. This, you know, people gotcha. aren't ready for this. But what was the thing that kept you from not going back? You know, like you said, those those moments where you're looking like, I could just send out a couple of resumes and get a secretary job in a second, right? Like, what what was the thing that kept you at it? I, I, I tasted the freedom of having setting my own time and being my own boss. And Mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, once you start, you start getting some rewards by, um, uh, gosh, like over the, I mean, if we had more time, I would tell you about some of the super cool things I've manifested. And it's just like, wow, I never would have had that opportunity if I stayed in the office. Gotcha. Can you, can you give me, (laughs) could you give us one of those things? Like you manifested? Yeah, Yeah. So my husband and I, I mean, I'm a, true believer in like the law of attraction and all Mm -hmm. that okay so we're walking in in my favorite forest just walking along chat 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 and i i have no idea when things pop into my mind i have to just say them because again i think that's the universe giving you up i call it i call it the downloads the downloads yeah Yeah, they just come (laughs) they just come you don't know why anyway so we're walking in this inspired place i mean it's right a forest is gorgeous yeah uh and I said, I said, I turned to my husband. I said, I want to do a workshop in PEI. That's a province in Canada. Okay. I had never been there. So I was like, that's okay. And then we got on with our chat. Two days later, I came home from a, a workshop that I had done. And my husband said, guess who called? And I said, I don't know. And he said, where'd you say you wanted to go? And I said, I don't know. I say a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> story (laughs) and he said pei called and they want you to come and do a workshop how did that happen i said it to the universe while i was in a forest i don't know wow 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 wow. that's so i believe i i I don't know i really don't know i really don't think i put much energy on it i clearly wanted it more than i thought yeah but here's the thing so canada's you know we like where you are it's um not that warm in the winter yeah pei is an island Right, Prince Edward Island is okay. an island, so it's a summer place. Okay. <laughs> okay, the speaking gig was for November. <laughs> wow! So it's freezing up there at that time. <laughs> I had the beach to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, be more specific to the universe." Yeah. <laughs> like, I want a speaking gig in the summer. <laughs> right? Really, yeah. we have to be specific. What What do you want? And then really carve it out because it it will come. Got it. Got it. That's super cool. So after five years, um, <laughs> you, 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 you've made that, like you got over the threshold, right. Of like where most people kind of quit and you're kind of in it. What, what, what happens then? When does like the, um, the, does the business kind of, is it just slow ticking for the, the, the past five years? Does it like boom after that or? No, no, it just boomed during COVID. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So, so you've been you've been kind of doing this the whole time, and it just just now kind of peaked. And funny you bring that up because I was doing some research before I actually got on the call, and 
gardening and in-home gardening has been a big uptick. And especially for me, I kind of was like, when this whole thing started, I was like, my dad always planted like peppers and tomatoes and mints in the summertime and um, callaloo and stuff like that. He always planted those things, but it was never really in me. But as soon as this thing happened, I'm like, we have to rely on supermarkets that are not going to be open. I got to plant my own food. So I literally went and got some seeds, got some soil, and I just started planting. So now I have like green onions or scallions and um, peppers and um, what's the other thing that I'm growing? So And, and tomatoes outside on the balcony right now um, and growing that. But when I looked like YouTube videos of um, gardening and in-home gardening or apartment gardening has gone up. Gardening in general has gone up through this whole thing. So do you think that's the biggest reason why you got this massive uptick? Absolutely. Yes. Got it. And schools were closed. So, um, you know, schools have been closed since March. Yeah, so, that's true too. You know, parents are homeschooling. At the beginning, they were looking for projects for the kids. Got it. Okay. So, and the worm composting is just like a project that they thought... It's something. so beautiful. That's that's a, that's a main part of my gig. I don't know what's going to happen uh, when school goes back. I'm not sure if they're going to have guests come in. Gotcha. So you used uh, to go to school and educate on... So over 75,000 students have seen my presentation. Got it. So, you know, over the years, I started... Um, so early on, actually, I started doing um, uh, trade shows and farmers markets yeah. and that kind of thing, outdoor events, um, to promote what I was doing. Uh, and I realized that people were afraid of worms like I was. And I was like, how am I going to put worms in every house if people are afraid? Because um, if you're afraid, you're not hearing the message. Yeah. Like if you're like, ew, 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 you're, or whatever experience you've had with worms. Like I, I realize now, I have a psych degree. Okay. <laughs> and I realize now that people, um, I'm meeting a lot of adults that have, were traumatized as kids by worms. Oh. After a raid in the schoolyard, you know, somebody putting them down their shirt or whatever. Um, so yeah. you, you almost have to like educate the kids to then go home and educate the parents and you're doing a lot of unlearning to then teach the actual proper use of what a worm is yeah Got yeah it. and how important they are like we really don't even realize how valuable you know we know a lot about the stars and the ocean not not everything yet we know very little about where our food comes from yeah if we feed the soil, we don't need to feed the plant. Like, put stop putting blue fertilizer on your plants because it's not natural. Blue is only blueberries. Yeah. If it's blue, it's it's chemicals. Got it. And and in teaching that, so you do a lot of teaching and teaching the generation to come. So, and then with that, that then in turn equals sales or no? How does that work when you go out and do the farm? Uh, well, I get paid. I get paid to do the school workshops. Okay, got you. And then do you leave like one of those composters in the schools? Yes, and, I okay, do. Got it. Okay, yeah. so then it's like an educational thing that can keeps going. So what does somebody do with the dirt that they get or the composter after the worm compost? What do they do with it? They put it in their garden? What are they supposed to do with it? Yes. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's perfect plant food it's it's converted the the material into the way that plants require it okay so they have so the compost and the plants have this beautiful relationship gotcha. because the compost is living the compost uh -huh. is actually all kinds of microbes got it and once the worm processes that it processes out the best food for a plant exactly 
Got it. All right. And, and again, why I'm asking and trying to get to detail, it's like a very specific um, and very interesting business. Like there's not like, this is not like, oh, I have a retail shop. It's literally like worms that most people don't know much about. Um, so now in 2020, your business has taken a boom because of what's going on in COVID. But how are you been able to stay resilient through this time? I mean, you have 20 years in the worm business, which you have to be resilient in general. But how, how yes. have you been resilient through this last couple of months? So over the years, I've, 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 um, I've got the worm composting sprout growing. So I actually do have a sprouter unit. So okay. again, just like gardening, this is a way to grow your multivitamin at home. So sprouts are what, like, um, like wheatgrass? What, what are sprouts technically? Kind of, kind of. Um, okay. You know, you know the bean sprouts in Chinese food. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so those are those are be- those are mung beans. Um, okay. And so those are the ones that I grow. But you eat them; they're most nutritious when when the uh, the root is the size of the bean. Got so it. just as they just started to germinate. Okay. And everything's there to grow to grow that little sprout into a full-grown plant. So the nutrients and the flavor are condensed there. So you sell a package together. So the composter with the the the, the sprouter. Oh, it's separate. No, it's separate. Okay, okay, got it. So how did you get into the sprout? How did the sprout lead? How did the composting and the worm business lead you to sprouts? Oh my gosh. How much time do we have? So many stories. <laughs> really, this is so. This is what I want people to understand: is you don't know when you're going to go somewhere and meet somebody who's going to impact your life. Okay. 2002 was a huge year for me. Okay. I started my worm business, and I met at at one of my very first exhibits. They, they're called CD Saturday. I'm not sure if you have them in the U.S., but um, they're called CD Saturday events. CD Saturday Sunday. Yeah. C-D-C-E-S-E-E-D-Y. Um, like what seed. is that? Um, it's um, like heritage, heirloom seeds. Um, it's all the seed savers from, okay. the, from the vegetables. Gotcha. Yeah, so they're really avid gardeners and growers. Um, so we have those events. Um, they start in February and they kind of go March or April. I mean, not this year so much. <laughs> um, at my very first one, I met this gentleman. He was selling the sprout grower. And I, I didn't know anything about sprouts or sprouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was 72. He's still alive. He's 90, 91 this, this year. And he said, I, I said to him, what is that sprout? What is that spaceship thing? And why is everyone buying that and not my worms? <laughs> and so he told me about his sprout grower, about sprouts and why to eat them and how to grow them. And he was 72. He's a ballroom dancer, super healthy, still doing this business. Like I was like, Wow my gosh, look at you. I said, I want that. I don't, I don't need to know. Like some people need to know all the details about how something works or why. I don't need to know. I look at you. I'm like, Oh, I want what you have. Yeah. And that's it. You look good. Yeah. (laughs) Look good. Uh, So he said, okay, well, if you're going to do this, start your day with two tablespoons of sprouted beans Mm -hmm. for the enzymes up to a hundred times more digestive enzymes in raw sprouts than raw vegetables. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Wow. If we're not adding enzymes into our diet, as we start to age, we get digestive issues. Yeah. And then we go to the doctor, and the doctor says, here's, um, here's a prescription for enzyme pills. Well, you could like, just be taking natural enzymes. Yeah, just grow your own. Grow your own. For pennies, right? For pennies yeah. a day. We don't have pennies anymore, but if we did. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that, you got into the sprout business, or did, you, did he help no. you along the way? 
Not initially. No, I, I was a user for 10 years. I, I, I used the Sprout Grower for 10 years. Okay. Every day I would eat it and I would see, Tony is his name, I would see Tony at these events and I would say to the people at his booth, you should buy one, it's really great, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure they thought I was a plant. <laughs> it's a Sprout. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, when was it? Oh, it was not till 2012, believe it or not, 2012, 10 years in. Um, I was at an event with him and he said, hey, why don't you sell this with your worm business? And I was like, oh, my gosh, why don't I? I love it. That's a great idea. And you were already using it and seeing the benefits within yourself. Ten years. Yeah. Ten years. Yeah. Look at me, 20 years. I guess it takes me a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so you get into that business and does it dramatically change how your business operates now with, within the worms as well? Well, you can imagine that food, selling something for health and wellness is easier than selling having worms in the house. Gotcha. Even if there's a partnership, there's usually one that might be avid gardener. They know about the soil. They know about the worms. They're mm -hmm. okay. The other spouse is going to be like, there's no way in hell we're having worms in the house. Gotcha. But worms don't smell. They don't cause any problems in the house. So there's no real reason why you couldn't have them, right? Right. It's just our belief and it's what we think we know and just our fear, right? The fear of the unknown. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So then you're, you're in sprouts and now you're in worms and then you're doing that business and, and you see a dramatic jump within your business within adding the sprouts to it? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It was just kind of another thing, an easier thing. When I went to networking, I could now sell something on the spot. Got it. Okay. Like the worms, like the worms I say it's about a three-year sales cycle. If you've never heard of vermicomposting, you're like, what? Worms in the house? And then you remember me. Like You're like, oh, I met this crazy chick at this networking thing, and she wants me to put worms in the kitchen. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And then they see me again and they're like, I've been thinking about you since I saw you last time. I'm like, I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> I get in, I get inside people's heads because it really makes sense. Yeah. And it's really, it, really funny. New York City had started um, a composting um, service, but they kind of stopped it because they were they, they received so much like because uh, they had gave people like two two trash bins. So you had your regular trash and then you had trash where you had to put like food and all organics. Like if you eat uh, apples and grapes or whatever. And, but they just received so much garbage that they couldn't like handle it. Um, so, but there's, there's states like Oregon and Austin, they're definitely big cities that focus on composting and having that something in the house. Um, so I, I know those things kind of go, but it, it, again, it's a mindset shift that they have to work about like pushing and, it coming from the state and making a mandatory thing in your house, I could see it being a big thing, but the having the composters and the worms is something that's not talked about, which would make even more sense because you can just do it on your own. You don't need New York City to help mandate it for you to do it. And the cost of those organic collection programs, they're ridiculous, really. I would, whenever I go to a, a school and I, a different town and I ask them, oh, do you have a green, a green bin? They, we call it the green bin here, organic yeah. collection program and they, when they say no they're like oh no we don't have it like boo we don't have it I say good because it really is you know if you look at the recycling programs mm -hmm. the recycling the recycling bins are all contaminated it's not working because yeah. we're dependent on independent user to do the right thing and people don't do the right thing yeah because we don't know what to do do yeah 
So it's so, teaching them to have this composter in the house and your goal is to try to make sure every household has one of these things. So it should be right alongside your garbage. There should be a composter right next to it. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine if we spend all of that on my, t actually my Ted talk, I can't remember what the uh, stats were. There's a beautiful book. It talked about um, the garbage in the States, like Toronto's um, Toronto spends $350 million a year on their green bin program. Yeah. I think, I think New York spends that just on transportation. <laughs> yeah. And they stopped, they stopped the program because I don't know if it was a cost thing or just way too many, too much trash that it was just receiving at the time or the organic, they just couldn't compost it fast enough, you know? So uh, again, the idea I think was good, but like you're saying, adding the next layer of having worms would probably take it to a whole nother level. Mm. Yeah, and back to the individual, right? Because then that then it's us doing it at home. Yeah. Um, the, everyone being responsible for their own rather than, you know, Everybody. let the government look after it. Yeah, yeah. It was never... Yeah, the government isn't doing things well already. Got it. So there's, uh, there's a person right now, they're sitting on the sidelines. They're dying a slow death. They're in that office. They hate it. They just came off a furlough. They're mad that they have to go back. Um, what would you tell that person who's sitting on the sidelines? They want to do something, but they have, they're scared and they have the fear of making a decision um, on doing it. What would you tell that person? I would tell that person to um, go inside, like really take some time and figure out what it is that they want their life to look like. You know, Bob mm -hmm. Proctor, many people, he's a big uh, motivational speaker. Okay, he's yeah. in secret. Bob Proctor talks about most people, I don't even know if this is his quote, but most people are are, are playing an, uh, a supporting role in their own life. Like be the director, live your life. What do you want? Figure out what you want because time is going by. Once you start your own thing, those that are working in corporate are going to not want you to do your own thing. They're going to try and drag you back and tell you you can't do it. And there'll be naysayers because they never did it. Yeah. So, So I would say... Don't listen to those folks. Look up. Look for someone who can help you. What is it that you want to do? Find someone doing that and model that person. Ask them. Get in touch with them. Take them for lunch or buy them a Zoom coffee. <laughs> Zoom coffee. That's a real thing these days. <laughs> but yeah, I, I find, just so really direct find your life. Find a direct like find what you want to do in your life and find other people who are doing exactly what you want to be doing and try to get around them as much as possible. Yes. Get around people that are, that can, that can build you up. Cause otherwise the others are going to drag you down. Mm -hmm. It's just, and here's a great example. If you're a smoker and you're like, I really want to quit smoking. All smokers do by the way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you're a smoker and you want to quit smoking, um, as soon as you say to your friends and your family, I'm going to quit smoking. All your smoker friends are going to be like, yeah, sure. Kathy, you, you can't quit. Yeah. Who do you remember last time? Let's go for a smoke. Come on. Because yeah. if you quit smoking, what does that say about them now? They got to quit or, you, yeah. you know, it's harder to be friends, you know? Um, so just make sure that you're being built up by people rather than just held in place. Gotcha. You know? So what about, this is a question specifically for you because, you know, you're not, you didn't get into like a traditional business that everyone could like understand and recognize right away right you saw the benefit in it and you stuck around till it actually you know paid dividends but how does someone deal with the fear or the ridicule of like 
the worm lady or let's say you want to be the the shoe guy or the oil guy or the you know like there's these weird business that people are going to ridicule you for how did you deal with that like people are looking at you like you're nuts or you know the craziness that you're the business that you're looking to start mm, yeah well i wear it i wear the moniker well now i mean okay. the worm, that's what that's how people call me and it's really interesting when i when i see people and they're like their kids are like there's the worm woman <laughs> and then the parent is like you know embarrassed oh <laughs> and it's like no no that's fine that's my name yeah. <laughs> So how did you like get over that? Like, because in, in the beginning it couldn't have been easy. No, in the beginning it it was it was effing hard. Really, it was it, it was it was a challenge. But I knew I really I knew in my heart that that it was um, that you know that's why it's really important that the early on in the in my early years I was um, I had a beautiful mentor um, Donna Messer and she's she's passed but oh my gosh she was so inspiring she just was like this is so great this is a you know the world needs this and da, 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 da. and you gotta you gotta stick and so you need cheerleaders because otherwise you need to just get a job because it's going to be too hard you're gonna yeah. you know, it's it's really gonna drag you down you gotta really believe believe in your heart and know that what you're doing is right and and then every day is like a magic carpet ride. I mean, you know, like there's hard days. <laughs> yeah. you, you said at the beginning it can be lonely. It's it's really lonely. That's where networking comes in. It's part social, part business. Yeah. You know, you get to know people. We do business with the people that we know, like, and trust. Just, yeah, that's exactly what it is. All of these networking groups, maybe we're not, you know, we are supporting each other. It is kind of funny. Like if I'm looking up for a mechanic, I'm not going to one of the big chains. I'm yeah. going to go to my... My local group, guy who do you know yeah right um yeah just really feeling your heart you know there is going to be naysayers you you do need to develop some like work on yourself uh -huh. i would say work on yourself got you and in in what ways would you say read books watch podcasts what would you tell the people to like how did would they work on yourself how did you work on yourself yeah i i um i took improv <laughs> really that's interesting <laughs> Improv is the most fun course. I would encourage everyone to take an improv course, no matter what you're doing. Like I don't do it as, um, well, I guess it is included in my speaking because I don't get thrown off when somebody yeah. heckles me. You know, I just uh, I, use I it and then flow with it. Yeah. 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 Someone told me at the beginning, um, when you work at home alone, sometimes you have a task that has to be done, like a something that you're working on that has to get done and you just have a block. You can't, seem to get it you can't get to it you keep yeah. on getting distracted they said if you are in that situation get out of your house yeah <laughs> like change go for the, a walk yeah change the like, environment you know? yeah it's like oh i don't have time i gotta get this thing done you're not getting it done already so why not go take a half hour walk or 20 minutes and um and refresh yourself and, and then change the conversation change the mind frame just the situation yeah. i'm a big believer in that too um i always like to ask this is there a, like a resource a book a, a podcast something that changed you or inspired you or made you have a dynamic shift that you can recommend to the audience oh that's a great oh i wish i'd known you were gonna Oh, let's see. Oh, there's so many. I have mm. like ones over mindset. I would say like one that's really good to get yourself over yourself is who moved my cheese. Nice. That's such a good book. <laughs> you know, a short little read, but such a great message. Yeah. 
It's the always keep going, always try to find the cheese, right? Yeah. <laughs> Such a good book. Um, any others? Oh, oh well, um, T. Harvecker, uh, Millionaire Mindset for Money. Gotcha. Uh, I, I would say, you know, money, people, like money's not my driver. It really is not my driver. We need to have money in our society. So mm -hmm. uh, make sure that you do put money uh, closer to the top. I realize now I'm, I'm definitely more successful money-wise now than I was. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't have a huge lifestyle, so I, didn't, I don't need a lot of money. Uh, but the more money you have, the more good you can do in the world. Yeah. The more, the more you can give away or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or just fund the things that you want to help see more come to the world. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Um, so do you think a lot of your success in the 20 years have been all luck or has it been all your hustle? Oh, uh, combination. I mean, it's a lot mindset. I do, I do feel very like a very fortunate person. Um, I don't know. Uh, hmm. It's a lot of hustle. Like it's funny. It doesn't feel like a hustle because yeah. I, cause I love what I'm doing and I'm just like, I really, uh, I really love sharing. So when I, when I, you know, I do a lot of networking, whenever I find something that I love, I, I talk about it. I'm just sharing it all the time. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm in a lot of, or I'm in a referral network now and, um, it's all about, you know, I'm not buying from all those people, but yeah, I'm but definitely connecting. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, for the people watching, there's so many ways to make money now. So many ways. Oh, I, I have a friend who she just looks around. She would, would go to garage sales when we could have garage sales mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and buy all this stuff and then turn around and, and sell it on online. Like it was just like she, she funded her, her schooling through. Yeah. Flipping things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a person I'm trying to get on the podcast is uh, he goes by taco stacks on YouTube. He literally drives around Pennsylvania, picks up trash and then sells it back on Etsy and on in, in markets, in local markets. And he's sustained a full life, bought a house, brand new trucks. Like there's great life for himself. And he picks up garbage. That's his, 100% full-time job. He drives around. He knows all the towns, all the garbage routes, and he literally picks up trash that people throw out, and then he resells it and makes a great living for himself. And and with that, it just shows you that anything is possible. Anything is possible. That's a great a great place to end. Anything yeah. is possible, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, if people want to reach out to you, buy some worms, learn more about uh, Kathy, where would they go to find out all of that? Uh, so they can go to my website, um, Kathy's Composters. I have a few websites, but uh, okay. that's probably the best one. Um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. They can you, find me. Just Google gotcha. me. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, another illustrious episode is in the can. Man, are you guys thinking what I'm thinking? Worms. This lady has built a business off of worms. Yes, she did. And if this doesn't inspire you, I don't know what does. If you have something that you're thinking about, you're on the sidelines and you're contemplating, guys, just take the leap. This lady has built a business off worms, guys. Anything is possible. Go get it. Start hustling. Do it today. That's it. Boom. Boom.